Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. We like the Eagles today, huh? Oh, yeah. Hotel California a couple times, baby. We're going to play the Eagles, but that's okay. I believe we played this coming into the last segment. You should look up what that song is about. I think that's all oh, I do know what it's about. No, yeah, I, I played Hammerman. No, but but two, but maybe two segments yeah, ago. Yeah, we did. We, did we, had, we had Hotel California play yeah, already. Yeah, we did. Oh, that is 100% my bad. Yeah. So, oh. <laughs> you know what? Hey. You know what? That's like the most responsible I've ever heard you ever. We've joked about your lack of self-awareness before, but you owned up to that something serious. And I appreciate that. You said, oh, that's 100% my bad. <laughs> I'll get right on that for you, boss. At least it's a classic. <laughs> it is. It is a classic. The Eagles are fantastic. Bryce Young is now. Now throwing at Alabama's Pro Day. It is live, so we can uh, give you a little play-by-play. Um, okay, yes, we can do that. I also wanted to go with story time, too. Eagles' greatest hits CD. I was so excited that I got my mom that for Mother's Day. It's like the first big gift I remember getting her outside of like making something on construction paper in elementary <laughs> school. Yeah. Going into Best Buy, seeing the Eagles' greatest hits CD, trying to let mom walk a little bit further into the store, and I thought I was doing something really nice for mom on Mother's Day. Really? So that is my nice little story. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, we you said you thought, so did she not receive the, the gift very well? Did it end bad? No, she does. Yeah, I'm just saying I, that's what I was thinking leading up to the moment, and it was right. I think it delivered. What she are we really doing this it. year for Mother's Day? Because I haven't even gotten started, and it's what? It's right around the corner, right? Well, as you know, look, Wes is absolutely a snitch. There's no doubt about it. Mm. But I will tell people right now that I already have my Mother's Day plan in place. Now, my mom knows about it, but she's got a little pond outside of her Outside, she's got a real small house up in Boone. She lives up in the mountains, absolutely loves it. But she has a small pond. And so, what I'm going to do with, yes, my aquarium, love and self, I'm going to try to organize the pond and restructure it a little bit and make it popping. So, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm doing for Mom's Day. Go ahead, Wes. You said you had something. Oh, no, I was just going to say, um, I didn't know if Fiddy wanted to play. It did happen yesterday, but I didn't know that Notre Dame was hiring Penn State's coach to be their basketball head coach. That's really random during this time, but yes, that did happen. <laughs> Are you going to wait till the last minute to buy your mom's Mother's Day gift? <laughs> I love how he turns it back on What's you. Going to, no, no. I know. Did you have any analysis on the Penn State hire? Or it, no, I just think it's interesting. It is interesting. No, it I is. I think the ACC, they have a ton of African-American coaches. We do. No, I mean, the ACC, absolutely. So we can get to that in a moment as well. We can do that in the Fitty Flash. We can also talk about it right now if you wanted to. We also have some text <laughs> messages coming into the Garage Door Guru text line. People were writing in obscure cartoons. Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. That was pretty good. Darkwing Duck was excellent. Darkwing Duck. You like Darkwing fine. Duck. Yes, it was. People were writing in Static Shock. I think we all like Cousin Skeeter, too, by Moose has been texting in nonstop. He's been giving us a ton of cartoons, and we appreciate it. Cousin Skeeter was great. Um, Space Ghost. Mm. Do you remember Space Ghost? I don't. I'd have to see. I got to look. Some of these, when people write it in, uh, I have to look them up to see. No. I mean, yeah, some... Darkwing Duck counts. It was only on for three seasons. Okay. So you're going more so by the duration and not the obscurity of it. A, a little, yeah. Okay. Copeland wrote in Gertie the Dinosaur. Oh. Just animation, not to TV shows. And then Silverhawks is the last one we'll mention Silver here. Silverhawks was... Oh, oh, you would have that given almost that a huge fire. That yeah. almost made the cut. I had action figures of them, too. I could see it in your eyes. You really like Silverhawks. <laughs> I did. And the last one, then that'll allow us to transition 
can we talk about something more important from the bagel guy? Yes, we can. Here's what he has oh, for us to talk. No, no, it's good. It's good. I promise. It's good. He said both these QBs oh. get an F for dinner choices. Sea bass and scallops? When a billionaire is paying you, get the most expensive dry-age Wagyu steak paired with a perfect red. Is it Wagyu or Wagyu? I don't know. Anyways, I'm with it, though. Like, I agree. What did you think of the dinner choice with Bryce Young getting, what, scallops and a salad? I think Augusta Stone wrote that. I could see that. I mean, he's a but he's smaller guy. Eat. I could see him eating, uh, you know, kind of dainty like that. <laughs> Do you want a dainty quarterback at number one? Yeah, you know if what? he can play like Bryce Young, does, I, that's fine. Whatever he wants. 100%. That's a man that's thinking about his health at all times. Uh, yeah. No, I was going to say that. I think that's interesting. But I'm with... Uh, bagel guy all the time because if I'm not paying for the meal and I'm going somewhere pricey where I know the person that is paying uh, can hold it down, give me the most expensive steak on the menu, give me all the sides and an appetizer. I'm going to eat like a pig. Yeah, I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat better than that. Although the scallops, it's not like scallops are cheap or anything. So no, it's, eat, it's not. So you could just get more food if you wanted to. But of course, you're going to be on this plan. So I get that. I would get a lot more. Do you feel awkward at all if somebody's offering to pay? Or no. do you just load up? No. You just. <laughs> like if I'm going to a dinner like that and I'm a prospect. Mm-hmm. It's just like going on a recruiting visit when you go on an official visit uh-huh. and they take you to these restaurants and you can order whatever it is you want. No, I am not bashful. When I know an entity is paying for my meal, mm-hmm. oh, no. we had No the, holds barred. Yeah, we had this with uh, you know Wendy's nephew who gave us some wings yesterday. Yes. They were very fire, not mm-hmm. fizzle at all. Fiddy is over there sighing of, of gratitude. Is, is that something you would go for, chicken wings as a meal that maybe David Tepper would take you out because you love chicken wings. I know it sounds ridiculous, but I know your love for chicken wings above all else. Yeah, no, I think I'm going big steak, some grilled shrimp, yeah, maybe two bowls of Caesar salad. No, I'm going surf and turf as well. Like I'm getting both. So yeah, yeah. I could add some shrimp in as well. Mm-hmm. Lobster tail and steak. Oh, I'm not a lobster. Get some oysters on the half shell with mm. some crackers and some salsa. It's gonna be a little aphrodisiac moment. 100. <laughs> percent Are you getting an appetizer? Oh, yeah. You're getting what are you stuff. drinking? Are you drinking wine or? Well, you know, at that point, they might be worried if I am taking me number one overall. So oh, maybe I'm just yeah. getting some water. You know, I'm playing the long game here. Yeah. You know, give me the big contract, the second contract, and then I'll spend all the so money on find out that you're I want a to. Boozed up party animal. Boozed later. up bougie party animal. That's happening. Yes, they sir. give you the big contract. 100%. That's exactly what's going to happen with me. If you were to order mozzarella sticks as an appetizer, do you think <laughs> they would think of you as too childish to be the face of the franchise? That might maybe. be true. Maybe. That might be true. Maybe so. I don't know what I would be ordering. See, I'm getting wings as my appetizer. God, I love you. At steak, like along, that'd be hilarious to go with chicken wings and then steak and shrimp. I'm not saying I would be uh, disapproving of that at all. Oh, I mean to the point where I'm extremely bloated when I leave. 100%. Uh, Yeah, Beef Supreme (laughs) said, note to self, do not pay for Wes's dinner. Yes, 100%. (laughs) If it's a person, I'm not going to. Hit them up. Go crazy. Yeah. But I'm just saying if it's an entity like company dinners Mm -hmm. or like I said, if I'm going out and a a team is taking me out with that, you know, it got that black card. Oh, yeah. We're going in. (laughs) That's what Fiddy tried to do when I paid for his dinner at the Bowplex. He just tried to take advantage of me big time. Six boxes of 
supreme. Uh huh, 100%. I did want to remind everyone about Charlotte FC and how Major League Soccer is now in season, and the WFNZ Jack Daniels Doghouse is open for business. The Doghouse doors will open up three hours before every home match. So stop by and get ready for kickoff with some of your favorite friends. You can join us for the pregame and postgame parties at the Jack Daniels Doghouse, coming to you live from the Audi Charlotte studio and brought to you by Jack Daniels, Pepsi, and powered by the Garage Door Guru text line, only from Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, the exclusive home of the Charlotte sports fan. I wanted to talk about an interesting proposal from Sam Monson of Pro Football Focus, okay. who had DeAndre Hopkins fitting with one team in particular better than all other franchises. And of course, Sam Monson had the Carolina Panthers as the best fit for DeAndre Hopkins. Now there are some reports that maybe it wouldn't take even a third round selection to go after DeAndre, that you might be able to land him for something a little bit less. And that means Carolina could go after DeAndre, but also hold on to that 39th overall selection. And Wes, the 39th overall selection has been a point of contention in any negotiation that I can think of, whether it's based in reality with what they did in Chicago or whether it's based in this hypothetical situation, just talking about DeAndre, Jerry, Judy, whatever. The 39th overall selection this year is their more important at, uh, at, excuse me, asset. I can't think of anything else that would be more than that. So now I feel like Carolina should probably pursue DeAndre Hopkins, especially if the asking price is starting to go down because of the market. Yeah, and then with the age and the money, you just wonder uh, maybe if he will want a new deal. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think I read that he wants some money or he wants a new deal. Um, but I know for this season, his base salary is 19.4, and then it will go 14.9. I don't know if you get the Cardinals to pay for any of that, but coming into 2024 will be the last year of that deal, 14.9, and then he would be an unrestricted free agent. But I think if you could get him for a light uh, draft pick and you can afford it, I think they should go after him by all means. Yeah, and then Carolina might pay some of that money for DeAndre, but not all of it, so Arizona would help out as well. There are a few different things that you could do to try to navigate that contract as best as you can, but if you are keeping 39, then DeAndre Hopkins would be very interesting to go after. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Now here we are talking about just how much he could help whatever young QB you draft, whether it's C.J. Stroud, who completed his pro day yesterday, or whether it's Bryce Young currently undergoing the pro day with everybody a part of the Panthers organization watching, I think Hopkins would really help, especially in these next two years where maybe Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud starts to develop, and then they have somebody who is as good a 50-50 football catcher in the game. Like, Hopkins is a great route runner. He's not some speedy burner guy that he's going to just blow by you down the field, but he's a big-time possession receiver where if you throw it to him, the dude's going to come down with the football more often than not if you look at his 50-50 numbers, and I think that's huge, right? Like, separation as far as his ability to get that from the cornerback is big within 10 yard routes but also just if he is covered he's still going to come down with the football I think that aspect itself is really valuable when talking about a rookie QB yeah I mean you know you call that a safety net or you know whatever you want to reference you want to make as far as the dependability aspect and I think that does help uh, for a receiver. It's going to be interesting to see just how many prime seasons he has left or if he is still that guy that can dominate football games. Um, and I think that's the interesting part because when you look at what he's going for, you know, what do the Cardinals think of him at this point if they're going to let him go for such a uh, small amount? But 
nonetheless, I think he could help this football team. I think at times, like I said with Thielen, you'll still see some flashes uh, from him at times. He's going to have games where he does dominate. So I think, as I said, if you can get him for a light draft pick, go ahead and do so. Well, and the other thing is, Nicole Hardman is now off of the market. He signed with the New York Jets yesterday. The so Jet that sweep runner. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what I'm it's going to be. Got mad about that. Did he really? I didn't even yeah, see that. Yeah, he got mad about that. He called out Adam Schefter because Adam Schefter was like, "Oh, now they have him to run jet sweeps," and he put and more. Mm-hmm. But McCall Hardman took offense to that. Uh-huh. Okay, I could see that. So, yes, now McCall Hardman, jet sweeps, and then apparently a little bit more on the route tree is yeah. what he wants to run with the New York organization. <laughs> they traded Elijah Moore, I believe, for a third-round pick to Cleveland, if I don't have the details in front of me. But they did trade Elijah Moore away. So there's a couple wide receivers on the move. Here's Joe Person, though, on Monday, speaking with Kyle Bailey about how Joe Person expects maybe another shoe to drop on this wide receiver market. I didn't ever thought they were going to be like in the Jacoby Myers market, nor did I think they should. But I just thought, you know, someone other than, uh, you know, a 33-year-old guy who's been very good. Like, I do not want to slight Adam Thielen's, you know, he, he's got a heck of a lot of uh, impressive stats on the back of that football card. But he is turning 33, and, you know, he's dealing with some injuries last year. Alec Lewis, my colleagues, you know, Sure, he told you, you know, some things that even went unreported last year, injury-wise for Thielen. So, I, I, I don't know. I, I, you know, is there a trade to be made? But I, I think there's another shoe that's going to fall as that where a receiver is concerned. Wolfpack James tweeted in, or excuse me, texted in seven zero four five seven zero ninety six ten. Hopkins and Thielen would be a legitimate NFL wide receiver room. Right now, we still probably have the worst wide receiver room in the league. And I don't know how much you agree with the latter there, but I totally agree with Hopkins, Thielen as your one, two Terrace Marshall still trying to develop in the league and become what you drafted him to be in that second round. Yeah. I'd feel a lot better, especially Wes, if you don't give up that 39th overall selection, if there is another thing to drop on the wide receiver market and it ends up being Deandre Hopkins, yeah. Uh, then, if you want to talk about best off seasons of all time, DeAndre Hopkins would be a huge acquisition. Yeah, I mean, you look at it, all the quarterbacks he had to play with down the stretch after Kyler Murray got hurt last year, but he did have uh, two 100-yard games, a couple in the 90s, and he had three double-digit catch games, including a 12 for 159 uh, and a touch outing. So, like I said, I think he still uh, does have some juice left in there in nine games that he played last year, he had 64 catches for 700 yards and three touchdowns. And I think that any rookie quarterback, because he's another guy that's a great route runner. And so for a rookie to come in and have two guys that are that dependable at the routes they run and getting separation, uh, I think that's huge because, again, the timing, especially if you draft a guy like a Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, uh, they strike me as precision passers that are going to be, you know, I think they're going to come in this league and throw guys open because that's the big thing with rookie quarterbacks that a lot of people talk about in college. The windows are wide and the pros, they're small. And these are two guys that they're going to run their routes. You can expect them to be where they're supposed to be. These guys throw them open and these guys are going to go get it. And oh yeah, both of them happen to be guys that if you get in a little bit of trouble, you can throw that thing up, as mm-hmm. they say, and they will go get it. No, that'd be huge. And plus, the offensive line looks very good right now. And last thing, just about the wide receiver room in general, you'd have both of those guys in this hypothetical, DeAndre Hopkins and Adam Thielen. Now, when we talked about if Shai Smith would even make the roster after everybody celebrated him down in Spartanburg and 
what he was able to do. Think about if they draft the receiver at 39. So at that point, you're talking about four receiver spots being taken up by D-Hop, Thielen, Terrace Marshall, and also the 39th overall selection. So at that point, you start to, hey, it's going to be tough. And who knows about DJ Chark? Like, I don't don't think you would sign DJ if you trade for D-Hop. But even with DJ Chark, maybe it does start to get a little dicey at the back end of the wide receiver room. LaChina Robinson, a part of the ESPN WNBA broadcast, going to talk a little bit about the women's college basketball tournament as well as the WNBA. Going to be talking with us in just a moment. LaChina Robinson joins us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline at Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Hit us up on the Garage Door Guru text line, 704-570-9610. And the fun may be over for the Hills and the Packs, but the tournament continues with the Sweet 16 this Thursday night at the Carolina Ale House Waverly location. Stop by and load up for the games with Wesson Walker. Myself and Walker Mail starting at 7 p.m. Those guys. Watch all of the action on the dozens of big screens and high-definition TVs. Speaking of TVs, sign up for a chance to win a 75-inch HD TV courtesy of the fine folks at Planet Kia and PlanetKia.com. That's this Thursday night, tonight at the Carolina Alehouse Waverly location with Wes and Walker. The very best in fresh food, fine drink, and great company beginning at 7 p.m. Brought to you by the Carolina Ale House, Planet Kia, and Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. And we're still going to try to figure out if we're going to wear our WFNZ polos. Yes, I think we are. we are. My other question is, because the, the copy says the fun is over for the heels and the pack. But it's actually over for pretty much everyone yeah. now. And I just want to know how angry Fitty gets having to be reminded only of North Carolina and the Wolfpack to try to balance it out a little bit. But when we just go to the read, we don't have any mention of the Duke Blue Devils. Are you about tired of hearing that beginning part? I mean, look, here's the thing. Did, did, did my program print T-shirts claiming it felt like 1983 when they beat maybe the most overrated UNC team of all time? No. Wow. Did my head coach say after losing in the second round, you come to Duke to lose in the second round? No. So while I'm disappointed, I'm not mad because those programs also embarrass themselves along the way. How is? Did you just throw in an 83 UNC team as the most overrated of no. all time? No, when State beat us this oh, year, it felt like 83 when it was maybe gotcha. the most overrated UNC team. Gotcha. Of all time. I was like, 83? Doesn't that have Jordan on it? <laughs> I thought you were talking about UNC's 
83 team that was the most overrated of all time. Yeah, so tonight, uh, Sweet 16 action on their inning games in particular, uh, you are looking forward to just tonight. Yeah, just looking at the men's tournament before we speak, possibly about the women's tournament with LaChina Robinson, I do think that the Gonzaga and UCLA game is going to be phenomenal. I think that is one that's going to be interesting just because you look at what happened a couple of years ago, the Final Four team, the Final Four matchup that saw Jalen Suggs hit that half-court shot, and now it's now you're wondering if UCLA is going to get revenge against what Gonzaga was able to do. And so now you're talking about a real defensive bout with UCLA, that being their strength. You're talking about offensive efficiency on Gonzaga's part. It will be a lot of fun not to talk to you about just how interesting that game was going to be. Fiddy, is there anything that comes to mind as far as just what you think will compete with that matchup that we just talked about? I'm going to tell you right now, I am, I'm pretty giddy about UConn and Arkansas. I think whoever wins that game goes to the Final Four. I, it beats I really, Gonzaga UCLA. I, yeah. I, I really do. I love what UConn does defensively. And I told you guys when we previewed the tournament, Arkansas can make the Final Four. They got Final Four talent. Injuries played a big part in why they are where they were with a 22-13 and 13 record entering the field. Here they are in the Sweet 16. I'm excited to watch which coach gets teed up first. Hurley Musselman be on that watch for tonight as well. I'm going to go with Musselman, though. Like, I know Hurley's crazy, but I'm going to go with Musselman. But I I would like to see Arkansas, by the way. We just see Musselman, whether it's Nevada or Arkansas. They can only get to the Elite Eight. That's as far as they go. I want a Final Four appearance for him. I'm a huge fan. Maybe it was because I jumped on the bandwagon. It's almost like hopping on an artist before he gets big time. I was absolutely there at Nevada calling the first uh, lead eight run or sweet 16 run that they had with the Martin twins. Those were the leaders of that squad. Now to see what he's doing here at Arkansas. I hope he gets a final four appearance. I really do. I'd like to see it. I would love to see him because, you know, they play on the elevated floor and the coaches sit on the little stools at the final four. He's the one coach that could go Bobby Knight on that thing, right? He's the one. He or Hurley as well. And then on the other side, by the way, AR wrote in to, uh, excuse me, AC. I apologize. There's an AR as well. AC said, don't sleep on FAU. They are good. And uh, something new to Tennessee. And they also have a hard time scoring. Tennessee does. I know Matt Norlander, who Nada produces the Ion College Basketball Podcast for. Norlander has FAU getting all the way to the Final Four. So that would be a lot of fun. I think America would kind of get on the backs of the Owls, and they would have a lot of fun watching them make that trip to Houston. All right, so now on the line, folks, without further ado, award-winning host and basketball analyst for ESPN, Mel Greenberg Award winner. She was just the second black woman to win that award in his 30 years of existence, two-time Hall of Famer in her hometown of Alexandria, Virginia, and also a Wake Forest Demon Deacon, where she was a four-year starter for the Deeks. I mean, we're doing it big in Winston-Salem. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I do. Without further ado, LaChina Robinson here to talk some women's basketball and to help us celebrate Women's History Month. How we doing, LaChina? Hey, Weston Walker. I'm doing great. How are y'all doing? We're doing great. Did you like that intro right there? Was that was that pretty good for you? <laughs> it was beautiful. You made me sound like someone important. Like I've accomplished something. I like it. Well, when you list all of the millions of accolades that she I hope that that was a good intro because, I mean, goodness, it's there's so many, and then you listed all of them. It's hard to make that sound bad. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Y'all made me sound 
better than I imagined, so I'll take it. No doubt about it. So, Latina, the, the women's basketball tournament, what are your thoughts right now? South Carolina, are they going to take this thing? Can anybody uh, challenge this group? You know, uh, Don Staley's club looks really good. It's been an awesome tournament so far. We've seen two number one seeds go down, and despite it all, South Carolina just finds a way to dominate, even in stretches of the game where um, they may look like they're in trouble. They never really are. So it's that time of year where you can never say never, right? I mean, talk to Purdue, talk to Stanford talked to a lot of the number ones on the men's and women's side that have gone down. But uh, the dominance of South Carolina is not just this season. You know, it goes back to them winning the national championship last year and just all the success that Dawn has had over the last few years. So she's got it going, and I think it's going to be incredibly hard for, for anyone to beat them. Now, you know, I pay attention to the women's game, and we talked about Tennessee being the dominant squad, and then UConn going to uh, maybe their 15th straight Final Four. How was Don Staley able to come in and take that South Carolina program and put them in the upper echelon and now be the preeminent team where everybody's looking up at them? Don is, has built this thing from scratch, quite honestly. And to what it seems like to everyone is that Don just popped up on the college coaching scene at South Carolina and turned things around. But she was actually a very successful coach at Temple. And that's what I love about Dawn's story is, you know, her coaching journey started back in Philly where she's from and, um, you know, was very successful with her Temple teams, just kind of got it out the mud there. I mean, with all her accolades, I'm sure she could have started off at a Power 5 school, but um, was very diligent and intentional about building her skill and, and her and perfecting her craft as a head coach. And then when she went on to South Carolina, no one really believed she could win in Columbia. Uh, no one believed she could, you know, even have a consistently successful team, nonetheless, win championships with an S. But what Dawn did early on in her days at South Carolina was put a lot of her own money and her own resources into building marketing, into, you know, building their brand. I mean, a lot of people don't know that, that when Dawn didn't have a budget to do that, she did it out of pocket. Um, she just really always had a vision for that program. And then, you guys know all it takes is, um, you know, landing a couple of big-time recruits. And when you get someone like Asia Wilson at your school where you get Aaliyah Boston, you're starting to consistently compete with other major programs for the big recruits. You're going to be consistently uh, good. And who doesn't want to play for Don Staley? I mean, she makes coaching look cool. She makes dressing in the morning look cool. You know, she's got Champ, her, her pet dog, and she dances at practice, and She's tough on her players, and she's got, you know, WNBA pedigree coming out of that program. So she's just done an awesome job of making Columbia, South Carolina, the place to be for women's basketball. And don't forget about the crowd that she built there, too. I think they're uh, averaging well over 10,000 or something crazy like that. Don't quote me on that number, but it's, it's, it's pretty impressive. It's a lot. We can, we can all understand. It's a lot. LaChina Robinson, uh, LaChina Robinson, excuse me, joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. You brought up Aja Wilson. I wanted to talk about her because she has a statue at Colonial Life Arena. Now, her individual stats at South Carolina, they were outrageous, averaging 20 points a game in the last season she played. She won a championship. But LaChina, if you look at Aaliyah Boston, if they get this thing done, if they win back-to-back championships, is there going to have to be another statue of a player within the last, like, five, six, seven years over there at Colonial Life Arena? Is a lot, uh, Aaliyah <laughs> Boston's statue going to have to be right there next to Wilson's? 
I mean, Aaliyah Boston has absolutely been fantastic. And when you look at some of her individual numbers and what she's accomplished, you know, it just really blows you away. And then, you know, adding the championships and possibly two. And that could be the thing. You know, if she wins two championships, um, maybe she leaves as the most decorated player. But the significance of Asia Wilson's statue to me is a little different. Um, you know, she was there and obviously helped them build and get to that first championship, which is always very special. But then also being a South Carolina native and how she tells the story of her grandmother not being able to even walk across the campus at South Carolina due to, you know, the, the, the race uh, situation there back when she was growing up. Um, you know, and now, and I'm, I'm pretty sure, I mean, I didn't want to, I'm not going to do the math because my math isn't great, but I'm sure it was during segregation. And then for her to now win a championship there and have a statue, like it means a lot. It's significant, um, not just in sport and not just for Asia's family, but um, for everyone in that South Carolina community. So to me, that, that statue means even more than what you and I see it as is like, wow, Asia Wilson rate really had an impact on this program. Um, it means much more to the community and to, um, you know, how far South Carolina has come along in, in terms of their race relations. Well, and Latina, here we are talking about South Carolina a ton, right? I mean, if they win back-to-back championships, it's it's still a huge storyline. What do you think is a storyline the media should be talking about a lot more outside of South Carolina's potential back-to-back championship run? You really got to start with, um, you know, the the number one seeds going down and the teams that beat them, uh, starting with Ole Miss and the job that Yolette McHugh McKeon has done, or McKeon McKeon, excuse me, has done there. Um, it's incredible. You know, she tells her story often about how she wasn't given a lot to work with when she got to Ole Miss and, and pretty much called them and said, listen, <laughs> I can upgrade everything you guys got going on there. And she bet on herself. You know, she's a self-proclaimed immigrant from the Bahamas who just came in and and worked incredibly hard and pulled a major upset. Like not very many people can say that they won at Stanford. Uh, Obviously, you know, the legacy of Tara Vanderveer, what she's meant to the game, what she's accomplished and to go into their home and and beat them, upset a a number one seed is huge. So I think we should be talking about Ole Miss for sure. But then also you look at the Miami Hurricane program and going to Indiana, taking down another number one seed. And I think the world of Katie Meyer, she is one of the best humans I've ever met in my life. Um, And I've covered her program for many years. And she's a class act. And, you know, just runs her program on a lot of toughness. You know, her, her players just have a deep belief in their ability to win games. They're physical. They're gritty. Um, you know, they hang their hats on the defensive end. Same with Ole Miss. And it just seems like that gritty defense is a, is a major headline for those two programs and how they've been able to push their way through number one seeds to get to the Sweet 16. Latina. We want to talk about now just it's Women's History Month, the state of the women's game, the popularity. You talked about the crowds at South Carolina, but also Walker and I during the break, we're talking about uh, Sabrina Ionescu's upcoming sneaker that's coming out and how dope it is. And I actually have a pair of Asia Boston sneakers, and we know that Della Don has sneakers. What do, what do you think about the women's game, the popularity that it's been gaining, and, and, and just where it's at today? Yeah, so I um, 
Wait a minute. Who was the second shoe you said? I'm running it back. I have uh, I have Asia Boston shoe because she had a version of the um oh I forgot what they call but it was uh she has a version of a Nike shoe that was already being made but she had her own pair. Sabrina Ionescu uh, has a oh, shoe okay, and on. then okay. Della Asia Don has a shoe. Yeah. Asia Wilson. Yeah. Sorry, Asia Wilson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just wanted to make sure I was clear on what you were asking. So, you know. Quite honestly, we don't have enough signature shoes. Like, there are a lot of players that have their own PEs, you know, their, their mm-hmm. versions of other shoes. And But uh, we need more signature shoes. I feel like we had some back in the day. Um, and I'm not the sneakerhead, so I don't follow this as closely as some people. But I know that I played in a pair of Lisa Leslie's my entire college career. Like, every college that was a Nike school was getting signature Lisa Leslie, Cheryl Swoops, shoes when we were playing in college i don't know what's happened to that and why we backtracked in that way but i'm happy to see sabrina and and you know everyone else that's that's getting shoes but we're far from where we need to be um you mentioned asia wilson she should have her own shoe i mean come on what she's accomplished so far in her career i know stewie has one um with puma which is great but we've got a long way to go and you know, the metrics are showing that people are spending money and they're watching women's basketball, right? So when you look at, um, you know, merchandise sales, viewership, all the numbers are, are telling the story of a sport that is growing exponentially. Um, and so why not give them the product? Why not make the product that they want available? Make sure these jerseys are in stores. Make sure they're, you know, they're getting their signature shoes. So. Uh, we've got a ways to go. Happy to see some progress, but come on now. We can do better. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow her at Latina Robinson on Twitter. Now, Latina, your Rising Media Stars uh, initiative, you just dropped some major news saying that you are uh, official partners with NBC Sports and on her turf. And uh, the Rising Media Stars is a program help to help women of color gain positions uh, in sports uh, broadcasting. So that big news alert and those partners that you got, talk a little bit about that and how much you love to help uh, young women of color get into this business. Yeah, thank you for asking that question. You know, it's, it's super important to me. Uh, first of all, to bring more diversity to sports broadcasting. I heard a figure today and, you know, haven't double checked it. I don't know how accurate it is, but that 1% of all sports reporters are, are black women. And that is embarrassing um, for a number of reasons. Number one, just women in general don't get enough opportunities in sports broadcasting in general. I think 11% of all sports reporters are women. And so we need to start sending the message that women matter, that black women matter, that they, they love sport and could cover sport just as well as anyone else. And I'm trying to do my part. You know, Rising Media Stars is a nonprofit that is its mission is to help diversify sports broadcasting, as I mentioned, but to basically help women of color transition into the field, into the industry, providing them with resources, education, in the field experience, networking, whatever it is they need um, to help to prepare them or propel them in sports broadcasting. And so we take five women every year and, you know, we, we take them through our program. We have a partnership with our local teams here, the Dream, United, the Hawks and the Falcons. And they get to go and cover those those games as they were on a television network. And 
Um, after we get done working with them for a year, we give them a reel of their work where they can go out and, and get a job, and, and hopefully they're better at that point. But the partnership with NBC is really important to us because it's our first major partnership. And NBC is is basically going to not only help to provide those resources needed to grow these young women, but our program starts to serve as a talent pipeline where our women will have the opportunity to, to earn, um, you know, spots on an NBC broadcast or a, a digital event. Um, they'll have access to NBC events where they can continue to either shadow and learn from folks on the job. And so it's a huge partnership for us. And I'm so grateful to NBC. I, I worked for them as a host during the Olympics. And we just we have a shared mission um, around the importance of diversity, around mentoring. And I'm, I'm just so glad that they saw the value in our program and in our investing in our women. No doubt about it. And Latina, before we get you out of here, rapid fire, NCAA champion, is it going to be South Carolina? And WNBA, are the Aces going to be just unbeatable with Candace Parker now? So the Gamecocks, yes, I believe are going to win. They, I have them in my bracket winning the, the national championship. Vegas, eh, I'm going to say, while I do believe that Las Vegas and New York are the favorites, the games have to play out, right? Uh, the WNBA is so competitive. I love it. It's going to be a fun summer. Um, and on paper, absolutely, Vegas is, is the favorite. Uh, but you still got to win the games in between the lines. And we've got great coaches and awesome players in the league. Um, Kansas Park, you're going to Vegas. is kind of mind-blowing when you think about them coming off of a championship run. But I'm looking forward to the summer. And, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a great one. That's LaChina Robinson, folks. You can follow her at LaChina Robinson on Twitter. And another great Demon Deke, LaChina. We appreciate the time. Thanks so much, and go Deke. <laughs> All right, that was LaChina Robinson. When we come back on the Wesson Walker Show, we're going to close this thing down. What's on tap? And on this day in sports history, it's the Wesson Walker Show on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Great show today. Little weird show today. A little bit weird. A couple times. I mean, we've had we had the whole truck spilling conversation that Fiddy gave an interesting answer to. We had the TikTok trend question that turned weird. We asked Beth Troutman about the bathroom situation at her household. And what's she call it? A bahooey? A bahoonie. Bahoonie. <laughs> she did. So we had a couple people right into the text line. Bahoonie? Question mark. Just make sure you're cleaning your bahoonie. Yeah. Well, that's just. If, there, if you don't. Ah, you'd be surprised. Some if people. you don't take anything away from this show, but clean your bahoonie, yeah. that's fine. Yes. I think that is. Look, and I'm telling you, wet wipes if possible. 
That's the way to get clean. Yeah. If you do, I'm just telling you I right now. I use wipe. I, I use dude wipes. A hundred percent. That's because you have a clean bahuni. They have. Hang on. What are dude wipes? Dude wipes. It's uh, wipes, especially created for guys that are. Uh, they have some that are unscented and then ones that uh, are scented. And oh, you got scented ones, don't you? Huh? You have You've a scented bahuni. Yeah, I use either one. Whichever one I can find. Yeah, I mean, I. <laughs> But that's not. But think about that. Are we about to make fun of Wes for having a nice smelling bahuni? Oh, you would never make yeah. fun of me for my uh, hygiene. It I'm is with top you. Notch. I'm with you, dude. Totally there. 100. Yeah. percent I'm on that same level you are when it comes to that stuff. Yeah, man. No doubt about it. Let's go. You can look at me. You're looking right into my soul. What no, kind of question you got, Fitty? No, what we no need question. to learn you? I'm just saying I could use the most strong scented dude wipe there is. With my diet, it ain't gonna matter. Oh. oh <laughs> <laughs> I should have quickly said something about the manscaping. That's what I should have said to get the conversation back, uh, at least something a little more palatable. Uh, yeah, Casey Steve. So this is the second time he's written this into the text line. He said, and this segment also brought to you by Cringe. <laughs> Casey, yeah, that's the second time. Yeah. And he did that at 1220. And now Bring he's us doing some new whites out tonight to Carolina Alehouse. I mean, no, you can keep them at your house if you want. <laughs> I mean, Wes can take them if you want to. I will. Yeah, I like 336 writing in. Someone get Wes an NIL deal with Dude Wives. We can get some endorsements there. The fire or fizzle brought to you by Dude Wives. I like Let's that. Let's go. Wes and Walker, hey, we both can endorse it. Do you have, yep. do you have a dirty bahuni? Yeah. Do you need to find something to clean your bahuni? Yeah. Try Wet wipes. With Dude a minty wipes. scent. They have one as a minty scent. Oh, you know it. 100%. I am down with it. Real quickly, the thing I was going to lead in with, I didn't mean to lead in the way that I did, <laughs> but you actually just dropped some knowledge on us about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar yeah. selling sports memorabilia mm-hmm. for $2.8 million, to which Fiddy, as soon as he heard the number, he replied, is that it? Which, it's <laughs> a lot. It's a lot. I do have just one quick question so we can get to on this day in sports history. Mm-hmm. What is the most valuable piece of sports memorabilia that you have right now? And then we can go to Fiddy as well. Do you have anything that oh, valuable? Um, and it can be emotionally valuable if you want. Yeah, if you my old football vent. helmet. I still have that with the mouthpiece in it still. Do you think you could sell that for $2.8 million? I don't think so. If I could, <laughs> it would have been gone. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. What do you have, Fiddy? Because I know you have this big old shrine in North Carolina. Yeah, I mean, this filled with a bunch of books and stuff like that. I would probably go my sneakers from playing JV basketball where I scored a grand total of five points and almost got ejected for cussing out the ref. I'd pay more for wow. dude wipes than that pair of sneakers that you got. Flounder one time wanted me to give them to him. That's how that's how bad these things are. Like <laughs> y'all, bad isn't good. Yeah, y- y- y'all are y'all are close friends. If he wanted a piece of sports memorabilia from you, scoring five points, y'all are real close friends. I've got some weird ones. I do have a North Carolina. I have a Roy Williams the book signed by Roy Williams Jerk. to me personally, mm. which is very nice, and that is absolutely on my little display shelf. I also have a weird one. When I went to Colts training camp, I was a little weird on asking for autographs. I just thought it was weird. I didn't want to do it. Mm -hmm. But then Peyton Manning is actually right there next to me. He goes over to the fence, and then he starts signing stuff. And I was like, all right, he's right here. I can't not get his autograph if there's not too many people. And so I take off my Bob Sanders T-shirt that my dad got for me. You got to think this is up in Indianapolis. That's where my family's from. So I needed to get it signed. So I took off my Bob Sanders T-shirt. And so he signed. I have Peyton Manning's signature. Were Bob. you standing there with no shirt after you did it? Yeah. Okay. I was, but I was like in high school, so it didn't look as bad as it does now. <laughs> so I had him sign that, and then I ruined it, though, by ha- by having Tony Hugo sign it, a former offensive lineman. I remember him. Just why? 
Walker, why do you have Tony Hugo? He was an NFL player, man. He's yeah, but Peyton Manning? Yeah. It's already, it's we- that's the weirdest one that I have. Bob I have Sanders couple, was that I have a Gail Sayre signed picture as well. Are, that one's uh, pretty cool. Are you seeing Granny Pat's text? Um. Oh, yes. Granny Pat wrote in. I have a 1940 Yankee program. She said oh. her dad was a catcher for the Yankees. Can you please tell us his wow. name? Wow. And then we try. We can try to get to that on this day in sports history. Let's go to that, and then we will reveal Granny Pat's dad, who was a catcher for the Yankees. She said she got the program for ten cent. By the way, all right, Fitty, go ahead. All right, men. On this day in 1957, North Carolina defeated Wilt Chamberlain in Kansas in triple overtime to win the NCAA title. Oh, Lenny Rosenbluth, baby. The Tar Heels won the game 54 to 53 and finished with a perfect 32 and 0 record. Despite the loss, Chamberlain was still named the most outstanding player of the tournament. And on this day in 1974, NC State ends UCLA streak of seven national titles. With a set with an 80 to 77 win in double overtime, David Thompson led the Wolfpack with 28 points and 10 rebounds, along with a NCAA violation charge. While teammate Tom Burleson scored 20 wow. and pulled down 14 rebounds. Okay, some mad disrespect, but also a, a feat that we don't really talk about <laughs> uh, nearly as much. Like we go to the 73, we go to the or excuse me, the 83, and then the 70s championship. But also, we don't really reference the fact that they ended the winning streak that they did. That was pretty cool. Um, in the tournament there. All right. Thank you very much for listening to Wesson Walker. Tried to get Granny Pat's dad's name because he was a catcher for the New York Yankees back in the day. Would love to still get that on the text line, Granny Pat, if you're still listening. Up next, it's the Kyle Bailey Show alongside Smoke Ludwig. This is Wesson Walker passing it on to Kyle Bailey on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.